Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Apex Sunday, the podcast where we discuss Formula One. We're two petrol heads. I'm with Rob Ross. I'm John Dowsett. And please click the like if you like this. Share, subscribe. And today we're talking about what, Rob? The 2021 Turkish Grand Prix. And uh, we'll start with, I guess, Honda. I guess maybe it's Red Bull doing a tribute to Honda. This was supposed to be the Japanese race, but it was replaced by Turkey because of the uh, COVID situation. So I kind of like the, uh, the all-white Red Bulls. What did you think of them? Keep it. Love yeah, it. I liked it as well. I didn't care for the yellow and white too much, but other than that, I thought it was a really good-looking car, and I thought they lost a bit of an opportunity with the uh, Honda Red Wing I guess that's a motorcycle thing, but they could have put the red wings on the car somewhere and tie it in with the Red Bull gives you wings kind of thing. But, you know, the other thing is Honda is actually supplying a Red Bull next year with this, the engines because their engine factory won't be done yet. So they won't have Honda credit, but they still will be doing <laughs> the Honda engines from Japan next year as well. Interesting. I, I, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the old Williams and, and, and BAR mm-hmm. and um, Hesketh. The beautiful white cars. We need white cars back. Yeah, simple. The more simple, the better, I find. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I didn't, I've never been a fan of the, the blue and the dark blue and the red and the yellow on the Red Bull. So, but those are the, the colors of the brand so that it's not going anywhere <laughs> it's also who really cares it's kind of like when when i ask somebody or tell somebody i bought a new car and they say oh, what color is it you know anyway right. <laughs> i digress <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so let's move on to qualifying for this race boring Boring. The, the, the big thing for me was Mick Schumacher. Yeah, that was a bit of a surprise, wasn't it? Staggering. Got into Q2. What a guy. I, I don't know how he did it. I would have loved to hear Gunther Steiner talk about it and how he did it, <laughs> but um, he'd probably just say hard work. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, we saw the, uh, another sort of, a, again, a wet to dry kind of situation. So the tires were slower to heat up and slower to grip because they were talking about this circuit like had incredibly high grip compared to last year. High grip in the, in the wet, unlike any other circuit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, they, they milled it or something. They did something because the grip levels were so low last year. So yes. they were pretty happy with that. But um, yeah, they said it was like 10 seconds faster this year. And no, and, and no, and no uh, support races from what I understand. Hmm. Well, not too much of a surprise. Yeah. We had Sunada spin off in Q1. Russell got into, off of, uh, out of Q1 up to 11th. Ricardo struggled, though, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was interesting. Sunoda, I think McLaren struggled the whole weekend. Yeah, not their circuit. <laughs> no. Sunada, despite his uh, spin, made it into Q3. Fernando had his best qualifying, so that was interesting to see. And again, Gasly in fourth, out qualifying Perez. Mm-hmm. Incredible. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Anything else about qualifying? 
Um, yeah, I mean, Bottas uh, getting the tire when Hamilton had the fastest lap. Right. Again, another one of those silly things. You know, I, I believe if you've got the fastest lap, you should be going down and on you know, the record books as having the pole position. And it doesn't work that way because of no. Lewis's penalty. Uh, no. Once again, strikes yeah. again, doesn't it? Yeah. But other than that, no, there's, there's, there's not that. I don't have much else to say about it. Okay, well, let's move on to the race. So for the race, we started on in the wet on intermediates. And the key with that is there's no DRS, which I thought kind of made Hamilton's race a lot harder because with DRS, he would have been quicker up the field, I think. But probably the other thing is the first lap, we had a terrible penalty again against Gasly where yeah, he was, ridiculous. He was in between two cars. What was he supposed to do? I, right. It's the I don't start. Understand it. It's the start. I don't think they should allow penalties in the first lap unless it's really, really, really blatant. That was just purely a racing mm -hmm. incident. You know, the, the, the one thing that I was taught uh, by one of my mentors is when the flag drops, you stick your foot in it and you don't take it out. Mm -hmm. Until you absolutely have to. Have to Don't, yeah. If you have to go on the grass, go on the grass. Just you, you, It's the start, man. It's like everything. And that's what everybody does in Formula One. And so for mm -hmm. Gasly to get sandwiched like that and then get a penalty, the upside of it is it didn't really affect his result. No, he's lucky in that respect. But still, it was an absurd penalty. <laughs> Just mm -hmm. totally absurd. Yes. And uh, both Fernando and Mick spin right on the first lap, sort mm -hmm. of negating their, negating their good qualifying. <laughs> and, and just unfortunate, just unfortunate. Yeah. That's just a start, you know, uh, again, handing out penalties. What, yeah, if it's something like Grosjean in Spa a few years ago, then by all means, hand out a penalty. But this was just a total racing incident. And, you know, if anything, it was Fernando's fault, if you want to call it that. But Just give him a penalty because his name's Grosjean's. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, so there's that. And the main story for me in the race was Sunada and Perez. They were key in keeping Hamilton back, especially oh, yeah. Sunada. Sunada, yeah. he was incredible. So, you know, that they fulfilled their roles uh, mm -hmm. in the Red Bull infrastructure, particularly Perez. So, you know, I thought Sunada held him off for quite a while. I was pretty impressed by that. And the battle, and that was the battle of the race for me was, was, uh, Perez and Hamilton. Mm -hmm. That was that was the battle for me. It was nice to see, you know, them going wheel to wheel and Perez yep. not backing out. Mm -hmm. Can't afford to back out, but no, <laughs> uh, did didn't give him any quarter. That's for sure. No, and I also like that they seem to concentrate on science coming through the field for a change. Right. I'm no. I'm way I'm 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 way ahead of the game here, but he's he's my driver of the race. What a, what an incredible drive Carlos had. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So it was nice that they made an effort because they knew that he would come through the field. So, but he again would have done better if there was DRS, you know, for sure. So, and then we had another gamble with uh, Vettel gambling on <laughs> yeah. mediums. That didn't work on lap 38. He went to slicks. He went to slicks. Yeah, sorry. The only guy. 
The only yeah. guy that tried it. And you know what? Could he could have been a hero? Could have yeah. won the race. Yeah, but, and that's why they tried it, right? Just but to could have, should have, would have. It didn't happen. So, and I thought that Lance pretty much let Lewis by. So I think, you know, the Mercedes teams and the Honda teams are absolutely, you know, absolutely. making sure that their their star drivers get yes. as many points as they can. So the other thing is, you know, the late pit stop for Lewis was it a strategy mistake? Should he have stayed out? To me, I guess. I think that he should have stayed out. And if he had fallen back, he would have fallen back to where he ended up anyways. I mean, this is hindsight, so it's easy to say that. I disagree. So you thought he should come in? Yeah. Did did you see Ocon Ocon's tires? First guy, first guy to run in a first driver to run an entire Formula One race without changing his tires in twenty four years. And it was down to the carcass. You could right. see the carcass when he came in. <laughs> now what's the next step after you see the carcass? A DNF. Yeah, just so, like he had in China all those years ago when he so went to too get, long. So to get the points of fifth instead of fourth, um, yeah, he, he might have beaten Leclerc, but he didn't beat Leclerc. He did he might have, but he got points. He got nice points. Hmm. I I think that was the right call. He's fighting for a championship. He's not fighting for wins. And he, really, the difference yeah. between fourth and fifth is not worth a gamble. Right. Well, he was running third at the time, but he probably would have fallen back for sure. Oh, definitely. I think maybe they should have brought him in earlier as just when Perez and and, uh, Max came in, they should have followed suit. Like, because it doesn't make sense to me. Like they come in, so we're going to come in much later when our, you know, because that. There's also the gamble. There's also the gamble that he'd pull it off. There's also the gamble that, you know, maybe he could, do the whole race um wishful thinking i think that ocon was probably uh probably had that strategy from the onset mm. um i really highly doubt that lewis had the opportunity to do that because he would have been driving at a much slower pace right right and we had perez on the podium and it's the first time he's been on there in nine races so <laughs> and i noticed that he's back up to third in the championship. So the danger mm-hmm. for Lando being in a McLaren and not a top, one of the top two cars is Bottas, sorry, not Perez. Uh, Bottas is up to third because he won. And Perez is 10 points behind Lando in fourth. So it's going to be hard for Lando to keep that spot. But, you know, this could have been an outlier because, you know, nine races we have since we've seen uh, Perez on the podium. This is the first win for Bottas all year. So it was just, and, and this coming a week later, the, after me saying, you know, I think that Norris has a good chance of finishing third. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why <laughs> maybe I not about so it. much now. Yeah, so that's all it takes, right? Is the top teams performing like they should for a change, and and that happens. And Ferrari, Ferrari, oh my God, did Ferrari just come on like Jack the Bear? What they do there? Because all of a sudden, you know, they're they're in the game again. Yeah, it's it's very odd how. I mean, we see a little bit of a difference between the Red Bulls and Mercedes per track, but it's not massive. Whereas Ferrari or, you know, Leclerc is 17th, qualifying 17th one race, and the next race he's seventh or something. So it's it's all over the place. But uh, is it arrow or is it set up? I don't, I don't, maybe it's a harder car to set up, and maybe their arrow is built for that kind of a track. I don't know. 
could be. Plus, they've they've got new engines too, right? So they've got a little bit more power, more fresh power. But yeah, very peculiar. So we already know your driver of the race. That would be Carlos Sainz. Yeah. Um, mine is going to be Bottas. Because I thought he pretty much dominated the entire weekend. Well, maybe not dominate, but for he did well for a change. He's... He seemed to be doing better once he's not signed for Mercedes, but uh, that could just be a coincidence. So for me, it's Bottas. For you, it's uh, Science. Yes. And what about rating the race? Uh, I'd put it at about a two. Oh, yeah? You thought it was boring, eh? <laughs> um, I actually fell asleep. Oh, did you? Yeah. I had to go back and watch it again because it actually put me to sleep. It was <laughs> like watching paint dry. Um, you know, it... Previous race was similar, but at least we had the NASCAR event where you got the great start and the great finish. This time mm-hmm. there wasn't the great finish. There was an eventful start. wasn't a great start, but it was an eventful start. Mm-hmm. Um, but this time, no, there it did very little for me. I, I have to admit that some of it has to do with who I am cheering on. Um, but that and Crofty's um, hysteria. No. Yeah, it's pretty off-putting. I'm going mm-hmm. to give it a four. I, too, thought it was somewhat pedestrian, but I was kind of interested in the strategy and so forth. So, you know, that kept me somewhat interested, so I didn't fall asleep. <laughs> I was disappointed, and I'm just having a quick look, look at my uh, notes here, and, and we've covered pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. Um I think that it was interesting seeing Ocon going, doing what Ocon did. I thought that was brave. Yeah. I was disappointed in McLaren. Oh, I'm, I'm not shy to admit. I'm not, not hidden that they're my favorite team, mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah. Cause they, point. from victories to barely making it, you know, mm-hmm. it's Mando mm-hmm. finished seventh. So. Right. And I and I and I adore both the drivers. I think both the drivers are incredible and and need uh, deserve a, a top rated car. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, they will have it next year. It'll be a lot more even next year. From what I understand, all the engine mapping is uh, no longer team dependent. If uh, Mercedes has uh, shares their mapping with all their all the people that use their, their customer, customer teams, customer right. teams and, and same with Renault and same with um, Honda. Well, there won't be Honda, will there? It'd be Red Bull powertrain or whatever they call it. Right. Yeah, but um, they only have their own two teams anyways. Right. So, and Renault, they, do you think they'll ever find another team to, to take their engine? You know, there may be a new team that comes along or something. It might change a little bit next year. You know, if, if the... If the I don't believe that there's a huge difference in horsepower between the no. different cars. I think it's mostly aero. Mm-hmm. Um, and mechanical grip um, that you've got Adrian Newey doing the Red Bulls. Um, anyway, I yeah, I, it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, I'd take I'd take Renault. Maybe Haas will hop on them. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, let's move on to the news. For the news. Speaking of Haas, although I've heard it's more Alfa Romeo, Andretti is trying to buy Alfa Romeo or a big stake in it to get into F1. So they're in IndyCar, they're in 
Formula E. They're in a few other things. They're in this, the minor IndyCar leagues and some other series that I don't know about. So I found that interesting that, you know, some teams are starting to, or some entities are trying to come into F1 because in addition to that, there's news, what we talked about at the beginning of the year with the Volkswagen and their group of companies thinking of possibly coming in at least as an engine manufacturer, if not more. But the rumor I've heard with them is for Red Bull. But I have to wonder if if their engine project over the next few seasons is successful. Maybe they'll just make their own engine. But we'll see. But uh, what do you think of Andretti coming into F1? For me personally, I could care less about the Andretti name. And I could care less about any names in any sport. Like they have their time and we move on to different names. So it's no big deal to me. It, ha- it has to do with Liberty Media and mm-hmm. the upswing of F1 in the United States. Yeah. Everybody's looking forward to the next race in, in Texas, mm-hmm. including me. I love that track. Right. Um, I don't know. I guess we need somebody to, to compete with Haas. <laughs> you know, and, and, and you know, we need we need another team that's going to move to the back of the grid and play with the Haas boys because that's what it will be. I, I don't believe that on Andretti has the ability to compete in Formula One. It's a different world. And they uh, talk about his driver Colton Herta as a possible driver in F one. He's won mm-hmm. some IndyCar races, but he must be. Who is it? Brian Herta or yes, yeah, okay, right. So. Um, I, no, it's, it's, I firmly believe that if you're going to make it in formula one, you, you can't be coming from American racing series. You, you mean as got, a driver, as a driver, you, you've got to have the experience on, on the European tracks and the yeah. European culture and, mm-hmm. and the feeder series to formula one are very similar in regards to structure yeah, and horsepower and car setup and Tires. You need that and tires, all of that. So uh, I don't know. I hope he, it'd be fun if you got in. Maybe it'll boost it up a little bit in, in the United States. I just hope that we don't fall into the trap of NASCAR and IndyCar and turn it into every concert has to have Britney Spears singing or yeah. or <laughs> or Drake. Yeah. yeah. It's because uh, when he was in F1, I actually saw him race in Montreal and I saw him spin at the... Uh, the, the uh, <laughs> hairpin him and johnny herbert spun there um he he didn't live in europe he sort of he he commuted back and forth by uh that jet that is no longer mm-hmm. in service anymore the jumbo jet the uh one that goes faster than concord. the speed of sound the concord right so he'd mm-hmm. take that back and forth to the races and right you know if he buys the team his staff will have to be based in europe i would think to, to properly, mm-hmm. you know, do something. So also uh, Lando launched his own cart, LN racing cart. So he used a, I think he said a Kimi Raikkonen cart by a company called OTK, who's doing his Lando racing cart. So it's nice to see them, you know, give back to the sport. We've got a new circuit this year. Again, Qatar added to the 2021 calendar. Now that's a, circuit that I know because it's been on the MotoGP circuit since 2008. It'll be a evening race out in the middle of nowhere. Looks very desolate. 
very, very long straight, like a very, very long straight. So, and then it's sort of like a long straight and then corners all above back to the, the straight. So I have no idea how the F1 cars will do there. MotoGP races the last five years, the top five have been within three seconds of each other. I know that's not going to happen, but you know, I'm interested to see how it goes. Sand issue. Is there a sand issue on that track? Yeah, it's just like Bahrain and well, right. basically like Bahrain. It looks almost exactly the same. So, <laughs> excuse me, even a little more desolate. So, and then the next race is Kota and MotoGP just raced there. And the riders afterwards said, if you don't repave from corners two to 11, we're not coming back. Whoa, that's because heavy duty. The bumps were very, very, very bad. The the bikes were just boom, 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 really, boom, boom. yeah. And some super bike riders said they would never drive a or ride a MotoGP bike on that circuit because the super bikes are a lot softer for suspension. The MotoGP bikes are like F1, like really hard suspension. So apparently, they're working on it before the F1 race. They're mowing or they're trying to mow over these bumps to make it really. Yeah, before the race starts. So <laughs> now cars don't suffer as much from the bumps as motorbikes do. But I do remember Yas mm, for Depending on where it is. Yeah. I think, was it for Stappen? I can't remember. Some of the, one of the racers last year said about Coda, the bumps were like a ramp. Like <laughs> you felt like you're going to fly off. So yeah, they're going to, they're not repaving it in time for the race because that's impossible but they're going to grind down the bump so we'll see what kind of uh, difference that makes great circuit though <laughs> best best corner best first corner entry on the circuit right and then that whole sequence after turn two through those s's <laughs> spectacular and the elevation that's, changes beautiful yeah, beautiful all the way up and then down and yes. long straight so yep looking forward to it a little bit surprised that, for instance, Japan is canceled because of COVID, but that's the government regulations. Texas, there are no regulations, so they can They go ran there. the Olympics. <laughs> I know. It's so strange, isn't it? <laughs> Makes no sense to me, no. but there you go. No. All right. So we'll talk about uh, America, the next race. Well, there's the other bit of news, which is Mercedes is going back to silver next year. Oh, okay. Are they? I didn't hear yes. that. Mm -hmm. And okay. and uh, and Lewis is happy about it. Is right. is hap is fine. No, Lewis is fine with it. Is the news? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> silver lives matter. <laughs> well, I guess he's the tradition of Mercedes and the silver arrows and all that kind of stuff, right? So yeah. Mercedes has to be white or silver. There's no other color for them. They're fine and white. That was their original color. The original color for Germany. Right, right. And then they decided to peel all the paint off for a race to save weight. How much weight is there in paint Modern on a paint? race car? No, the ancient paint, when they took it off, it couldn't oh, be yeah. that much. Well, yeah, I, I've heard them even talk about paint today. Like, they're very careful. You know, if it's too glossy, it might weigh too much or something. It's just the uh, tolerances and the, the levels that they go to of accuracy and you know, we got to be within point this or we're going to lose this kind of time. No, it's just, it's about optimization, isn't it? And well, where are you going to put the weight on the car? Exactly. 
-hmm. And if you can get it down low, then that's into the center of the car, then low polar moment, moment of inertia. So they peeled off the white and there was a silver metal beneath. And yeah. That's why it became the silver arrows. Yeah. I see. All right, John, we'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Click the like, click the share, click the subscribe, and we'll see you at the next that Poda. And you're 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 disappearing into into yes. the distance. I fell fell off my chair. <laughs> bye bye. Bye.